Welcome to this podcast by the National Institute of Economic and Social Research, NISA. I'm Paola Bonadonna. The NHS is a hot-button issue in this election campaign. Is its funding in crisis? Is its model still fit for purpose in the 21st century? How will it cope with the challenges of an ageing population? I'm joined by Peter Dalton, NISA's research director and author of the latest in a series of briefings we're putting out ahead of the vote. Peter, funding for the NHS has never been higher. Uh, so why are we asking if we are facing a funding crisis, and are we? You're right. Funding for the health service has never been higher. We've increased it year on year for about uh, 20 years. Uh, it first started with Tony Blair, and then we were spending around 4.7% of GDP on health, and that's risen to around 7.6% of GDP in 2015. So we're spending more as a fraction of GDP, but we're also spending more per person. On average, we now spend around £2,160 per person per year on health provision. The problem is that patient numbers are growing and the composition of that patient body is growing in the sense that old people are becoming a bigger fraction of the patient population and they demand more of our health services. An 80 or 90 year old can cost about eight times as much in a year as a 30 year old. And since we have an aging demographic that's increasing our healthcare bills and those older people need more because they suffer from comorbidities. That is, it's more than one symptom or more than one problem at a time. And that makes their treatment very, very difficult. To compound that, It's a balance between hospital care and social care. As people age, they need part hospital care, but part social care provision. And a sequence of measures over the last five years or so has meant a redirection of healthcare budgets between the NHS and healthcare provided by local authorities. So that's part of the problem. How do we balance that budget? Although we're spending more, how do we balance that budget with a changing demographic and a changing set of provisions and requirements that we need? That's, in essence, the problem. Okay, before I ask you to quickly give us a sense of how political parties are dealing with the NHS and their manifestos, um, let's go back to my initial question. Is the NHS in crisis? I think we are in crisis in the sense that... uh, Healthcare budgets necessary to maintain our present service delivery are not enough. Uh, the, the most quoted comparison, the numbers that banded around, are that there's around a £30 billion shortfall in what the NHS requires of spend up to 2020-2021. This is the figure created by NHS England and Simon Stevens himself. Now, if we take that as a figure that we'll need to continue service delivery as it stands, what seems to be the current line of two of the major parties, certainly, the Liberal Democrats and the Conservatives, are that they would commit to spend an extra £8 billion. Mm-hmm. Now, an extra £8 billion um, is obviously not enough to fill this black hole of £30 billion. Where's the other 22 coming from? they expect and anticipate it would come from productivity savings. Mm-hmm. This means literally doctors and nurses working harder to cope with this extra demand uh, with no extra, no extra funding. 
This means annually productivity savings of between 2 and 3% per year, and this is not really achievable. So that's why there's a problem. Um, there's a problem because the, the parties aren't being realistic about how can we fill this £30 billion black hole. What about Labour? You mentioned the Lib Dems and the Okay, Tories. so the, the Labour Party are saying they would commit the £30 billion, mm-hmm. and they were, they're saying this, that they would fund this via taxes on the top 5% of earners. So broadly speaking, we're talking about people who earn about £80,000 per year mm-hmm. or more. What they're not clear about is exactly how they would do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the, and the perennial debate on raising taxes is, if you change thresholds or change margins, to what extent is there a behavioural response of those taxpayers to work less hard, go abroad, do other things? And certain estimates, the IFS have done work on this, uh, suggest that some sorts of tax measures do not actually raise more money, they may actually uh, not raise more money at all, in which sense um, you, you could be very naive to think that you could get this 30 billion by raising taxes on the top 5%. So it looks as if simply throwing increasing amounts of money at the problem might not be a solution. What else could political parties look at doing? Okay, I think a, a number of the options that are really hardly ever talked about, and certainly not been talked about so far in this debate, uh, in this current election, are uh, things like uh, increasing charges increasing prescription charges, charges to see your GP, charges potentially to attend A&E or irresponsible attendances at A&E. These are all things which have banded about in the past but don't seem to be on the political agenda now. I mean, another whole area of debate is the extent to which people should be encouraged by tax measures or other things like a fat tax, a tax on uh, fizzy drinks, a tax on uh, higher taxes on alcohol. Can we be induced or nudged to behave more healthily? Prevention, in other prevention, words. Prevention yeah. um, by a, a, ser- a series of measures. And these are pretty lacking in the current manifestos. Okay, so, so what should be done? I mean, I think the, the real question is, are taxpayers prepared to pay more for the NHS? I mean, look at the Lib- Liberal Democrats. Their main plank is, we'll put a p- one penny on the income tax rate. And they suggest that would raise about £6 billion, um, goes most of the way towards the £8 billion that they think that they should spend. Um, that's potentially problematic, uh, partly because of the work I've just cited about the IFS saying they may not raise that much. But what do we know about what voters actually are prepared to pay? In a survey that we did recently on public policy and taxation, uh, a co-author and I actually ask people about willingness to pay associated with the NHS and other things too. On the NHS, what we found was that 72% of people said they're not prepared to pay extra. They don't want to pay extra, okay? So that means that, in actual fact, you're going to have difficulty as a, as a policy forum to say, this is, our, this is our approach to the NHS, we'll tax people more. They're not really willing to pay that extra tax. Of the remainder who said they are willing to pay extra tax, it's very dispersed. Some people are prepared to pay a lot more, um, but a lot of people aren't. And it also differs between taxpayers and not taxpayers. So I think this is this is really quite staggering. I think we, and I and I think the biggest problem is politicians are not telling the truth, and therefore the electorate's not getting the full picture. Uh, the full picture is we need to raise 
according to Simon Stevens, we need to raise £30 billion between now and 2021 in order to solve or keep the service provision the same. The fact is that parties are not planning to do that. Politicians should be honest with the electorate and say, this is what we need to do, and they should have a clear plan of how they're going to do it. And I think they're not confronting that, and I think that's the real problem. Um, and we're so diverted with Brexit and other things lately that we haven't actually focused our minds on that real question. What are we prepared to pay? How much do we have to pay if we want to face up to the problems of an ageing society with a demographic uh, increase in not only old people but the comorbidities costing us a lot more money? That's a real problem and we haven't faced that and we need to. Many thanks, Peter. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. For other podcasts, blogs and specialist briefings on important economic issues facing the country ahead of the general election, please visit our dedicated page, www.nisa.ac.uk forward slash election 2017. This was made possible through funding from the Nuffield Foundation to ensure public debate in the run-up to the vote is informed by independent and rigorous evidence. Goodbye.